We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. Coming up today, Senin by Ryonosuke Akutagawa, a special short story selection. Noah, how you doing today? Hey, Una. How you doing, Dave? Thanks for having me on, man. A pleasure every single time. Now, I have to give you the credit for bringing this story up today. You found this amazing collection of short stories that had an Akutagawa short story that I hadn't seen collected anywhere else. For sure. I found an edition of it that you can't keep your eyes off of, too. It's like just came in a pristine edition here. Uh, The author list in this was just mind blowing. And then you called out the author Akutagawa that we did health screen uh last halloween is that right you're darn right it is really sticks with you but this one is very different it's a definite departure from that story which is good to see another side of kutsugawa and um i was i I was reminded of another short story that's in here that we both read and did content on is the three hermits by leo Tolstoy. oh yeah i got i got i got that kind of feel from this short story did you feel that at all absolutely kind of like that sudden dip into magical realism almost in a sense so, so Akutagawa, you know, one of Japan's most famed short story writers who's written epics, as you've said, kind of like in terms of Kappa or how have we read uh, Hellscreen, two very, very short ones, you know, two pages, four pages in this one. Now, what I thought we'd do today is just kind of step through the story. And I think this is one that's kind of up your alley. Again, we're going to have to talk about a couple different angles with this story. So we kind of start out in Osaka, right, the southern side of Japan. And basically this unnamed peasant, Gonsuke, goes into a job office of some site. We can get you a job anywhere, which is the most amazing name for like a company ever. Like, <laughs> Right. Very, very plain speaking. Yeah. Come in and get your job. Yeah. Like what? You walk in there. So what do you guys do? And it's like, wait, did you read the sign before you came in, man? <laughs> right. We only do one thing. We get you a job. Yeah. Your job. Yeah. And he's like, okay, that's great. Um, I want to be a magician. I want to be ascendant specifically where I can learn immortality and live forever and, and, and do magical spells. And, and merchants just like, or the clerks just kind of like, um, what? <laughs> right. And I love it because our boy Gonsuke kind of challenges. I'm like, oh, well, I thought your sign said you can get me any job. And it's cultural, right? Like him just being very plain like that. I mean, I got a lot of cultural feels from this story and, and how things were accepted or how things played out where he really just put the guy on the spot where it's like, this is your job. You've already made this kind of, uh, you know, promise by being in the position that you are now do your job. Yeah. And and calling him out on his duty, which is like a big thing. Uh, I remember in Hellscream, we touched on Buddhism, Confucianism, and Shinto, all the all different just an amalgamation of stuff. And I was thinking, all that is at play here too, mm-hmm. even in this simple of story. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting too, because he's asking for immortal life. Right. Right. Like what kind what kind of a request is that? Especially like in normal day life where it's just like, wait, is that a thing? Like like the, the guy working behind the counter is probably like, wait, do I have that job opening? Because I want that job. <laughs> like saying I would I want to 
you know, be a sage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the clerk, right, he's just like, hang on, hang on, come back tomorrow. I got you, bro. I got you. So he goes out to a physician, right? Because a physician, that's probably the closest thing to granting eternal life, he thinks. Right. And he's got, a, in my translation, or yeah, it's the same translation you have, they call his wife the old vixen, right? Old, right. old Vicky. <laughs> right. And she's, they describe her as helpmate. Talk to me about that term. Did that mean anything to you? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, being able to extend and and help uh, the head of household, ho- however, you know, it would, is playing out with, maybe it's a different cultural thing, but the word um, has that same feel, at least, right? That That word particularly always kind of generates the thought of Genesis 2.18 to me, where God creates Eve as help me, right. help me, right? Uh, right. the, the person that's meant to support you. And I was like, oh, because I don't know if you, you knew this, but Akutagawa, he's got what's called his Christian tales, his Kuristian Mono, which is a bunch of, of he's got like, you know, more Buddhist and Confucian stories, but he's got a lot of Christian stories too that pull from that. And I think even in like the, it's not the epigraph, but like before the story, like in our collection, it's like, oh, by the way, he calls out this reference to God before he dies as someone that died for others. Like he had a heavy Christian influence and it's a lot of his writing even. Right. I think that's something that why it's in this one reason why it's in this collection. Borges love that kind of stuff, too. Right. Just to just to have a lot of things competing for space or a, a lot of things to try to make it fit. It, make reality fit a bunch of different belief sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even Gonske himself, right? When you talk about having different motivations, different plans, he's like, he gets this news that he's like going to be taken on this apprenticeship to, to become, right. to become immortal. Right. Like I'd be excited we gotta too. Say, we got to say as well that the, the guy, the, the head of household there is the same name as him. Right. They have the same name. They do? Oh, I missed yeah, that. Like I totally it's, missed it's that. Right at the beginning, like in the first paragraph or the first couple of lines, that's a, one of the things that where, you know, our main character here and the guy have the same name. Oh, I totally missed that part. And then the wife is the helpmeet and you calling it out as Eve, which is spot on, you know, I mean, spot on. And so what if it, it does seem like there's a lot of merit to that kind of allegorical look at it, right? Yeah. I just love how when Gonske shows up, he has he has on like this fancy ceremonial outfit outfit, like in terms of the howdy and he's got- Oh yeah, he's so serious. He's very sincere. He's full on. He's giving himself to uh, you know, in living in faith in it, you know, like that it it's real and this is what's happening for him. And then he's promised, like, okay, you work for us for 20 years and like with no evidence that this is even possible, right? Like just talking about taking that quote unquote leap of faith. Right. You work for me for free for 20 years. I'll give you eternal life, which right. to your point about allegorical discussions, I mean, you should be thinking probably about like, okay, what does that mean that you give up your entire earthly life even like 20 years, like a generation's worth for the, for the gain of eternal life? Like there has to be kind of like a Christian discussion here at that point in time. I think so. But that also is the same passage that, pulled me into thinking along lines of pure fantasy that this mm-hmm. was going to be pure fantasy because the natural response is, you know, who else have you made a sin in, you know, 
what where is your you know what kind of credentials do you have or something like this and to take it on somebody's word maybe a cultural thing uh, i, I kind of give some more maybe some more value to it with that just to say maybe they are going to you know not know that somebody's not going to make a claim like this unless they can back it up kind of thing but since it did just move forward and he just says yes let's go um and then 20 years okay and that 20 years goes by in one paragraph Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it's one paragraph and then so it's a breakneck pace then you're at 20 years later and so then right then it's like it's a complete fantasy and it's in mythology it's like these kind of things and getting that symbolic feel um it's cool to see a biblical allegory like that if if we push that all the way through a, a Japanese author's eyes right yeah and I wonder too like like you said like that breakneck speed kind of reminds me of like okay well we spent 40 years in the desert right like like there's a lot of different right. parts in the Bible where like right. it just You'll be you'll be so honed in on a particular moment of searching for this job. Like my goal is eternal life. I will give up anything to get eternal life. And then boop, 20 years later, suddenly pass by. Like that happens constantly in the Bible right. too, where like right. time just okay, well then this person had this person, and you go through seven generations, you're like, oh, okay, that was quick. Like <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. So um when he comes back to him, that's when he's in the ceremonial garb again, though. And there's no mention of anything except that he just takes care of the whole thing. So he lives a life of service, complete service and living in faith that in 20 years he's getting his thing. And then now uh, it's time for the rubber to meet the road. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's and that's a very interesting thing, too, because I wonder who knows what the author intended. But I'm looking at this where, you know, when you think about Japan's past, they did not view money the same way that Americans did. Right. Right. Where particularly like in the Edo period, you had basically you weren't allowed to own stuff like the the samurai, like like the first class and like that, that, you know, non leadership role. They weren't allowed to own land. Right. And above and right right below them were the peasants who, you know, they and at one point they were even having to give up all of their rice to like the local like I think it was shogunate. Maybe it was the emperor. I don't remember. But they would hope to get some charity back, right? Kind of like how this 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 peasant guy gives up all of his belongings, like takes off his ceremonial garb, and a hundred gives a hundred percent of what he earns to the right. to the masters, right? Hoping for the charity, hoping for that promise to be returned. And you can even see a little bit of that Japanese element in there too, like in, in all the way to the bottom. If you didn't know, or, or for people out there listening that don't know, the merchants were the bottom class, the wealthy. The people that made all the money, right? Like they were considered the lowest because money was kind of on some levels evil to Japan. So right. so for this guy to give up everything he owns, even his ceremonial garb, put it aside so that he can dedicate 20 years of his life is like, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, and it is crazy. I mean, is he, is he able uh, to do it? Yeah, he does it full on and we just get the pure plain speaking that he it's done and it's completely done and now these guys are on the spot so is it uh giving up your materiality uh for a heavenly reward you know um Mm. my treasures in heaven kind of thing Mm -hmm. you know uh in that in that kind of way and just to be clear i mean i didn't think in this kind of way in that kind of way at all during the read okay this this story just drives you straight to this ending right 
and there's only two kind of ways that it can uh, be re be resolved. But you, but nobody, you know, you, I didn't think of the second way mm -hmm, at all. Mm -hmm. that, that's when it became right. three hermits from Tolstoy, right? <laughs> right, right. That's like, it's, it's amazing. And so that's why it's kind of master level writing because the story is so in, in retrospect, you know, like after you read it, when you read it, you're like, this thing is single-mindedly focused on that point where, uh, you know, the satisfaction of the story. So, so I guess, I mean, I asked the question about like that, that leap of faith, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like at first you and I, when you, even when we were discussing it just now, we're like, where's your proof, right? Like yeah. where's your material evidence that you can give eternal life. Right. But if you are truly Christian, right. And, and you have that Christian eyes, like, isn't that kind of interesting to think about that in the context of religion? Well, I mean, that's what it's about. It's about living in faith like that. So, uh, it's shown very, it's shown very well, and and it easily overlooked, which which uh, you know subtlety is the mark of a master. And I think it blends well with like the Japanese culture too, in terms of sacrifice, right? Giving up everything that you own, right? Because because money's evil, because ownership and, uh, you know, I don't I don't know if he was intending it, but like the Buddhist ideals of the world is suffering and being attached to things of the world, giving those things up, right? I can't wait to read more because I mean, when it comes down to it, I'm. How much of a synthesis do you think he really has with these ideas? Um, it's just such a, it's such a mixed bowl. It's such a mixed bag kind of situation with it that it takes it for me. It, it takes you know reading more. I want to read more so that I can see when what in what ways is he synthesizing ideas because they are it does work very well, but they're you know nothing's expounded on fully you know mm -hmm. a lot of symbology um and double meanings kind of things and i think there is a real something to be said with their names being the same i'm so mad that i missed that now i now i need to like re go back and relook at the story with like that context the the dad doesn't or the 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 guy he has no idea what to do he's like we can't do this i told i told you we couldn't do this right and mm -hmm. <laughs> and they can't and they can't uh, you know, he can't, he doesn't have any course of action, tells her to go to the, to the, to his wife. And she says, go climb that tree. <laughs> yeah. Well, she... and, he goes, and so just to, it, it's almost, I, and I thought, I, I thought to ask you there, do you, do you think that she had any intention other than trying to get him to kill himself with that? From the beginning, she was always manipulating things behind the but scenes. But she put everything in action. She did mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. Which is except the, for give up the 20 years, which is the definition of an antagonist, right? Like the, the, the snake offering, you know, the, the fruit in the garden, if you will, or the evil yokai from Japan kind of like tempting and, you know, killing people that discover their secrets. Right. Because, and, and I wonder if culturally, like, you know, how does this play out? Like, is she just, you know, she, a vixen, a fox, right? A fox is a negative uh, animal, right? And that kind of thing. So is it like that? Uh, oh, that no, no, no. No, foxes are very, well, first of all, I don't know what Old Vixen was translated from in Japanese. Yeah. Like, I don't right. know if it's fox, but but fox is actually quite lucky in Japan. There, There's okay. there's a fox guard, the Kitsune, I think so it's called. But, I mean, is she like demonic, a demonic entity or something like that? Do you think? Or, or just an evil person? Something like that. I, I think uh, she... Or, 
I think she's self-interested. You know what I mean? Um, I I think the head of household was just taken for a ride. Then He's weak. He's he's Adam because he didn't have the strength to say no or to stop Eve, the helpmeet, from choosing the apple, going first and choosing evil. So I guess I can see how they are Adam and Eve in this story. And you you see the person who had the faith to take the leap of faith and believe to not take the fruit. He's the one that's saved, right? He's he's the um, Enoch, right, that's carried directly to heaven, (laughs) literally just walks his way way up there. (laughs) So I can see that being an allegory, too, of not necessarily being evil, but the Adam and Eve of... Um, they know what's right, but they lack the resolve to do what's right. And then so it's a critique as well, though, because and and a, and a critique of the reader and everybody else, too, because it is something where you don't believe it. You don't you know, it's it's a it's a it's a twist. It's a great twist. You would never uh, kind of think that this is how it's going to work out. And it works. It's very satisfying. It was magical, kind of like the three hermits there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. It works, and um, after you're after after it's over, you're just kind of like whelp. And and I got that. What is that movie? Kung Fu Hustle, right? Where like all the most powerful people, all the most you know capable people, are really just ordinary, living ordinary lives. This kind of thing, and showing that you know like that every man, you know, just somebody who believes and walks forward and and keeps their you know keeps their eye on the on 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 what their goal is or something and performs to the best of their ability that they can ascend you know no matter what their their ascendancy is assured something like that well i think even if you don't take it like the pure religious route there's something to be said about greed right like you had like yeah. the guy that was willing to sacrifice everything even beyond just christian ideals um at the end you had the um, the Tatsugoro who bought that tree that the guy right. took off from and planted it in his garden, who was apparently, I looked it up, a actual really rich merchant in Japan, right? And they were considered the lower class because they were associated with evil, the fact that money can buy things. And here you have Gonsuke, who is a good example of someone where money can't buy everything. Money can't buy you that eternal happiness and that escape from the world being suffering, whether you view that as the Christian way, whether you view it as kind of more of like a Buddhist rebirth sort of way. It's a very beautiful way, like you said, that layers a lot of different mythologies. I'd love to make the Shinto argument, but I don't know how. Like, like the lady just didn't seem like a yokai, and he didn't seem like he was really ascending to be like a Shinto deity, but I, I don't know. It was very interesting the way everything kind of wove together for me. Yeah, it's very definitely very interesting. A really solid four-pager. Uh, Borges knows how to pick them. Like, I didn't, I don't know if I mentioned, this is the first story in this collection. Uh, they chose to open this collection with this Akutagawa. So um, I'm excited to keep going, too. Now, over on Noah's channel, we're going to have a playlist of any other stories that Noah does from this collection. So if you're here for Akutagawa, we got an Akutagawa playlist down below. If you're here for the Book of Fantasy, and even if you're not, go check out the Book of Fantasy over with Noah. He's got some great talks coming your way. Some crazy stuff coming uh, in this uh, book, too. I tell you, it's just heavy hitter after heavy hitter. And um, if any, if they're like this then uh, they're all going to be fun.
Thank you, Ernie. Thanks for spending time with us today. No, peace out.